0: Ephesians chapter 5, if you need a handout for today's reference, Brian's got them there. Um, I assume by now you can pick that up. I failed to mention it. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 5, and uh, this morning we're going to talk about what a spirit-filled life looks like in our marriage, wives, part one. (laughs) So we're going to tread where no man lawfully and really wants to go treading, and that's talk about the wives. And yet, it's something that is very fascinating in that, and by the way, this is part one about the wives. We will have about a 10-parter here, ladies, because I have many things to say. Not really, not really, I'm just kidding, okay? Uh, it's interesting, my wife is not in the room, so I'm okay until you go tell on me, <laughs> okay? I, but she is listening, yes. I'm just kidding. I, it's something, when you come in here to Ephesians 5, Again, verse 18, we've been talking about, uh, be not drunk with wine wherein it exists us, but be filled with the Spirit. And we've been talking about having our life be filled, controlled, consumed with, under the grip of the the Spirit of God. uh, That's done by the Word of God dwelling, uh, the Word of Christ dwelling richly in you, the comparative passage in Colossians 3. And that first is demonstrated in verse 19, 20, and 21 in you. The individual, those four institutions of creation. First, you have that institution of, of, of volition, of you, the individual. You make a choice. You make a decision. It's your responsibility. You're going to do this. And, and he starts there in verse 19 where he begins to say, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And there's that inner melody, that's, there, there's that inner harmony that happens there. Then giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that issue of having a thankful heart, a heart of gratitude. By the way, notice it's for all things. This one isn't in all things. This one is for all things. And you know what happens is is in the circumstance, no matter what the circumstance is, what are you to have? A heart of gratitude, a thankful heart. That is going to be a natural byproduct of being filled with the Spirit, having the Spirit consuming your thinking, the way you think about things and look down through it. Then he says in verse 21, which is where we were last week, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And and I'll be honest with you, when you bring up that word submission and submitting. Now in verse 21, he's talking about you, where you choose to be under the influence of someone else, to be under the authority of someone else. You make that choice, and the Spirit-filled life starts with you. And where you choose by faith in the word of God to you, that, you know what, we're going to, I'm going to do this now. Verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another, again, in the fear of God. That, is, that wonderful issue about trembling at his word. Not talking about having a spirit of fear. He's talking about having a, hey, this is what God's word says. Now, verse 22, where we're at, wives, submit yourselves now he's going to turn to the second institution of creation, marriage. Verse 22, he's going to talk to the wives. Then in verse 25, he's going to talk to the husbands. Now it's interesting to me that the wives get 22, 23, and 24. They get three verses. The husbands, oh my goodness, guys, we start at 25, we don't stop till 33. It's like, oh my goodness, you know? What is that, seven, eight verses there? It's like, holy cow. Wait a minute here. You know, we want but, to boom. But actually, there's great instruction to both husbands and wives in these two passages, in these two sections. Because as we now begin to, again, live in the spirit, have that spirit-filled life, and it begins to be de- demonstrated out where we live, the first thing Paul's going to do here is talk about marriage. Then in chapter 6, he'll talk about the family, and then he'll talk about the work, the, so, the social, the cultural issues. Now, what happens when you start talking about wives and husbands and marriage is in the single people go, yeah, but what about me? Hang on, I got a few things for you, late single ladies, when we get to you, okay? So just hang tight, all right? Because the instructions here are going to be really good instructions overall for everyone. They start, Paul starts talking about here, again, with you, but verse 21, he talks about all of us having a a heart of submission, that servant's heart. Now he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the Savior of the body, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Let's pray. No, I'm just, we're done. <laughs> All right, you got it, ladies? Good. We're out of here. You know? Because what tends to happen is uh, about five or six years ago, we did a, wedding, a marriage seminar. And, uh, It's online if you want to go through it, and I I did it with with great trepidation because people say, well, now you're meddling. I'm not meddling. The Word of God's meddling, okay? Verse 22 didn't come out of nowhere. It doesn't just show up, okay? It's here for a reason, and we'll see that as we go. What begins to happen here, there are three things here in verse 22 Three three easy issues to understand. But you know what they are? Hard to believe. Your Bible isn't hard to understand. You know what it is? It's hard to believe. It's hard to do. It's hard to, to get into it. These verses, the verses we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks, they say what they say. They've been there all along, I'm going to ask you to get rid of your, yeah, buts. Because guess what? There are no buts found in the verses. Yeah, but you don't know what kind of jerk I married. No, you married the jerk. There's, no, there's nothing in these verses as we go down through them that says, yeah, but you don't know how she is. None of that's in these verses. The verses are clear. The verses are here for A very specific reason, the orderly maintenance of humanity. That's why they're here. That's why we'll look at headship as we get into this. That's why we'll look at the the issue of submitting and stuff. We've already been looking at that, verse 21, but these verses are here for a very specific reason. You, husband or wife, woman or man, chose to be where you're at. Here's how you're to behave in that role. You'll hear me talk about the roles. This is a job description. Have you ever uh, went for a job and they never give you the job description? So you're interviewing out of the blind. You don't know until they start asking questions. Guess what? You're not in the blind here. Here's the job descriptions. Here's the things that are happening. Three easy things. Number one, God commands the wives to submit to their own husbands. Number two, God uh, informs the husbands that they are the head of the wife. Number three, God tells the wife to be subject to her own husband in everything, in every decision, in every plan, in every move, in the daily affairs. There is a position that she is to take and is to be subject to her husband. Yeah, but you don't. No, there's no buts. Sorry, Charlie or Missy. That's 22, 23, and 24. Again, Paul doesn't just dream. Come over to Colossians 3. He doesn't just dream this up. He just doesn't say, you know what? I think we're going to pick on the married people today. (laughs) And he writes 10 verses on it. Colossians 3, verse 18, the sister chapter and verse to this wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord we'll look at that as we go along here you see here's God's will and instruction for a wife and you know what it's very clear there's no ambiguity there's no gray area there's none of this well maybe it's very clear it's very straightforward and the instructions in God's word for wives by the way and for husbands is very clear and if you're in the role of a wife there's instructions come back to 1 Corinthians 11 if you're in a role of a life of a, life, of a wife it's not a fluke it's not troubling it's not daunting the, the instructions here first corinthians 11 it's very clear what's to happen it's very clear to to how you are to function in that role okay first corinthians 11 if you look there at verse 3 but i would have you know that the head of every man is christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of christ is god now That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Notice the structure. This is called headship. Notice the structure here. Now, you're in 1 Corinthians 11. Just hold on here. Look over at chapter uh, uh, 12 real quick. 1 Corinthians 12. can't find the verse now. Try, let's try chapter 14. How about that? <laughs> chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 33. For God is not the author of what? Confusion. But of peace And in, as in all churches of the saints. Verse 40. Let all things be done what? Decently and in order. Now go back to chapter 11. You see, God set up a system of order. Okay? He sets up a system here of headship. And the w- this is the way God created the world, folks, 11.3. You live in his world. You're going to live the way he created it. Yeah, but he- I am woman, hear me roar, roar. You know what God said? He laughs at that. He's like, I don't, that's not how this was created. I've created this a certain way to work. Verse 8, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 8. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Oh my goodness, boy, society. Cr- Boy, the nonsense that goes on today about that. Holy cow. Wait a minute. What's going on? Don't you know women have rights? You know what? This has nothing to do with equality. Folks, if you're in Christ, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Are you not? Equally. Galatians 3, Colossians 3 says, "...for there is neither male nor female." in Christ. We're all equal. This has nothing to do with you being, you know, well, how dare you say that the woman was made for the man and... No, that's how God did this. See, you've chosen to be in the role of, take on the job of, wife, husband. Children don't get that choice, by the way. (laughs) You know why? Because mom and dad made the kids and there's a choice in there by the way it's going to be we'll, we'll get there <laughs> you see folks you're a wife ladies if you're married and we need to you need to understand the job description again doesn't make you any less equal doesn't make you in, doesn't make you a second class citizen doesn't make you a help a doormat doesn't make you any of that stuff that gets pumped into Our thinking. Come back over to chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. But rather, here's how God has ordained the orderly function of humanity to work. What happens, by the way, if that order gets out of order? It's no more life and peace, is it? It's chaotic. And that's what happens. Look around the world today. You understand why most of the problems in the world I'm talking about has been an onslaught on on the institution of marriage. And it's come under the guise of some phony pagan ideas about women being better than. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, that God values women equally as he values man. It's all through Scripture that way but there's order to this. 1 Corinthians 7, a great chapter on marriage and and things that happen and so forth. Look at verse 34. 734. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the the world, how she may please her husband. Look at the thinking of a wife. What's the thinking of a wife? How can I please my husband? Now as soon as you read this, again, what went through your mind? Yeah, but. Don't yeah, but it read it. Let's understand what he's talking about. Ladies, we all know your husband isn't perfect. Guess what? He knows he's not perfect. And the last thing he needs to hear on a daily basis is you telling him how imperfect he is. He knows that. You don't need to As Clint Eastwood would say, nag, nag, nag. You don't need to do that. He knows it. Room got quiet. Because what that is is a yeah, but. Don't yeah, but it. Let's relax this morning. Let's don't run to all the exceptions you can think of. Rather, let's take God's word. And let's, by faith, believe God's word here. Ladies, that is what it takes for you to submit to your husband, is to believe God's word. In everything. (laughs) There's peace and joy in knowing that you are where God created you to be. And that's wonderful about this. By the way, the single ladies... All you single ladies, okay? That's about as much of that as I can do, okay? (laughs) Look at verse 35, because here's the message to you. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord, what? Without distraction. You see, as a single lady... You have the great privilege, you have no spouse to distract you, you have no household to consume your time. You have the great privilege to focus in on the Lord and Him alone. Being single does not put you in a secondary class condition. That's wonderful, man. That's such wonderful... Being single, not having to worry about, but rather, what can I do? I can turn my focus to the Lord, and I can be consumed with that. That's tremendous. Come back to Ephesians 5. So when you talk, but for the wives, very instructive here, chapter 5, verse 22. 5.22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Ladies... You're created to be wives. If I say ladies, wives, we're talking, okay? You're created to be a helpmeet. You're to submit yourself to your own husband, not someone else's. (laughs) Your own. Now, what that means there when he says, unto your own husbands, is you own the dude. You bought him. You bought him with your life, you bought him with your body. You bought him with your commitment. He is yours. And there's no refunds allowed. He's yours. Now, usually when we talk about submit, we hear people say that that word submit really means obey. we got to obey our husbands. Do you know that there is no verse in Scripture that says you are to obey your husbands? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Just let the cat out of the bed. By the way, the closest thing to that is in Titus 2 where he, tells, where he writes to Titus that the older women are to teach the younger women how to keep the house and obey their husbands. But you know who told that younger wife to obey her husband? Was an older woman, not the husband? Guys, it's not your job. It does not, it's not in your job description. This is her description. Think about that word obey. You're in Ephesians 5. Look at 6.1. Children, what? Obey your parents. Verse 5. Servants, be what? Obedient. The word obey, obedience, is a lower standard than submission. Submission is high calling. Obedience is lower. Standard is a I'm sorry, submission is a higher thing. That voluntary attitude of cooperation. That willingness to be influenced and under the authority of someone else. Ladies, when he says submit here, he's not saying obey. You know you can obey somebody that you don't like. But you can never be in submission to someone you don't like. You know that? Because submission is you're under their authority. You can that's why he says servants be obedient to them that are over you in the flesh, because you can hate your boss all day long and still obey and do, but you don't like you will never be in in that heart of submission. Submission comes from an attitude of a voluntary. By the way, not forced, not coerced. That's what the guys usually try to do: coerce it out of their wives. No, but rather an attitude of voluntarily, not mere obedience, but that attitude of a willingness to cooperate and to be, for your husband, all that he needs you to be. We just talked about the servant's heart in 521. Now we're talking about the wives. The submitting pulls out of that servant's heart, of verse 21. Usually we think, oh, I just try because he says, why well, submit? So I don't have, you know. No, you're going to be in a submissive attitude because what are you already choosing to do? Verse 21, have that submissive heart. You with me? By the way, this is all introduction. Just to get you to think about this. Notice verse 22. As unto the Lord... Isn't that that an interesting thing? Not out of duty for the sake of your husband, but rather it's for the glory of the Lord by doing what? Honoring your husband. We'll see that in just a second here. Verse 33. Go down to verse, here, let's just look at it. Verse 33. I got like, I got two notebooks, you know, I'm just kidding just trying to figure out how to communicate this. That's why this is part one. Look at 533. 533 will save you from the marriage counseling couches of all of the psychologists in the world. Put them out of business. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular. Notice that, in particular. You're in the role of a wife or in the role of a husband. The husband, so love his wife even as himself. And the wife, see that she reverence her husband. Uh Uh-oh, there's another one. That word reverence. Think about this. What is the greatest need of your wife, gentlemen? What does that verse 33 tell you the greatest need of your wife is? For you to do what? Love her. The security... To be loved, relaxing in the security and the safety of your love. You know what she needs? She needs to know that when you go out and toil, that she's the apple of your eye. She's the focus of everything you're doing. She's the center of your attention. She's loved. You've got things to do here that God has given to you to do as a husband. So husbands, we're going to talk to you, okay? Okay. But wives, you need to understand when your husband, he's got a whole list of things, a whole set of parameters to do, and you know what he's doing? He's doing it for you. Now, what does the husband need? What does he need his wife to do? That she reverence her husband. Now, you think about that word reverence. Who deserves reverence? God does, doesn't he? God's the only one that deserves reverence. So when the wife, go back up to verse 22, when the wife submits herself under her own husband as unto the Lord, you know what she's really doing? She's really reverencing God. She's really reverencing. When she goes and does what she's to do for her husband, She's really reverencing God's will and his word for her as a wife. So when, she's, when 33 says that she is to reverence her husband, you know, we always say respect her husband. You know what, God, ladies, you know what your husband needs to know? That you're his hero. Every husband's a little boy. And what does a little boy always cry for? Mom. You ain't his Mom. You're his wife. See? She, he needs to know that he is your hero. He is where you're getting because you're going to do what? I'm going to go over here and submit and do what? I'm my role, my job description, and I'm doing it under the Lord, and that brings reverence to what God has given the husband to do. Follow that? Does that make, okay? See, this is not a tit for tat. This is a, Moses calls this a covenant of marriage. This is an agreement. Go back to verse 23. First word is for. Here's the explanation of why this is the case. Why does God tell the wives, here's your job description, you're to submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Why is that? For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. There, there's an issue here of headship. And in order to understand headship, you've got to go back to Genesis chapter 1. So guess where we're going? Back to Genesis chapter 1. You have to understand the issue with marriage in that marriage is a creation of God, not the government, not the church, not the city, not the state, Not the county. They tax it. That's what that is. But marriage comes off of the drawing board of of heaven. God created marriage and then he put it into humanity with Adam and Eve. And he said, here's what it's to look like. And there's a reason behind it. Husband is the head. And the issue here again is the role of the husband and the role of the wife. In Christ, what are we? I'm going to say it over and over again. We're equal. We're not one above the other. But we all decided to play roles. This isn't the value of the man or the woman. We're talking about the role here. Genesis 1, verse 26. Again, in Christ, we're all equal. If I could say that enough, I'd tattoo it on my head so you could see it. We're not talking about your... By the way, the feminism and the women stuff out there, you know what they say? That women and men are not equal. If you listen to what they say, they say women are inferior to men. Therefore, we have to have all this other... God's word says what? We're equal. You've chosen to be in a role of a wife and a husband. In those roles, guess what? The husband is the head. Follow that? Do I need to say it again? If so, if you're on the internet, just rewind it. Okay? All right? Look at verse 26. And God said... By the way, notice these verses very carefully here. Okay? God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness... And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Notice that God said, let us make man in our image, the Godhead. How many members of the Godhead are there? There's three of them, right? There is a plurality of fellowship. You know what plurality is? More than one. So man was created in that image. He's created in the image of a plural, plural fellowship. Of the, the, that plurality of fellowship that sits in the Godhead now sits in man. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. That plurality. Male and female is created in man. By the way, he gives them a name Adam. Mr. and Mrs. Adam. You know, big push a couple years ago about hyphenating your last name. Ladies, you belong to him now. His name. Ooh, I just dug a ditch there, didn't I? No, but if, what ifs? He gave them a name. He calls them Adam. But notice, he does this with Adam, male and female together, to portray his image of plurality. Think about that. Two people. Not one. Two. Hold on to here. Flip over to Ecclesiastes 4. Ecclesiastes 4. Two. Not one. This plurality. Now, again, hold on to Genesis, because we're going to go right back there and see how God did this. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to, what? Help him up. Go back to Genesis now. When we talk about marriage, single life, single tennis, marriage doubles. We win, we lose. Over here it's I win, I lose. Who's better, one or two? What did Ecclesiastes 4 say? Two's better. So when God created humanity, what did he create in verse 27? He created two, didn't he? Male and female. Now go to chapter 2. In verse 18, and watch when he did this. You see, God is doing something here. He's just not whistling and going, eh, I think we'll do this and that. You know, <laughs> the old joke about God looks down at the angels and, and he's you know, doing all this stuff and he's creating everything and, and uh, he gets finally to man and man needs a helpmate. And he says, how much is that going to cost me? And he goes, well, an arm and a leg. He goes, well, what do I get for a rib? <laughs> you know. It's not talking about that. You'll catch it. Okay, Greg. It's okay. All right. It's a very bad. It's actually very funny when you get all the pieces in it. But for time, I hurried it up. But see, the thing is, is God's doing something here. Look at verse 18, Genesis 2, 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Notice that. It's not good for man. Wait a minute. Man is created in his image, a plurality of fellowship. Male and female are in him, right? But God says what? It's not good for him to be alone. So I'm going to give him a what? A helper. A help meet. Two words, by the way. Not one word. Two words. Verse 20. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to... To the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. Adam is out working, he's doing what God told him to do. And you know what Adam's doing? He's looking for someone to match up to him. He sees those, he sees the beasts come. He sees them come, and they come in pairs, male and female, and he names them, and he's doing and he's working, and he's actively searching for hunting for his helper, his helpmeet. Where's mine? Think about that. Adam sees the the animal creation in the pairs of how many? Two. And Adam and sinner going, where's mine? I need one of these. (laughs) Why am I? And God says it's not good for man to be alone. You see, God created in Adam a need for someone else. He created in Adam a searching for that someone else, a looking for. And who that someone else is, a help meet. Help. That's a noun. Helper. It's who you are. You know what a noun describes, person, place, or thing? Meet. That's the adjective that describes the function of the capacity of the capabilities of the helper. Did I lose you? Okay. It's two words by the way. Don't put them together. It doesn't say doormat. Most guys think their wives are doormats and they walk all over them all day long. I'll just be honest with you. My own personal opinion of that is why in the world would you walk on your sister in Christ that way and treat her That bad. I I hope none of you do that. But I know know men who understand the word rightly divided, who's grace believers, who walk all over their wives. That verse says, Adam's out there looking. God created in man a desire for a help. Meet. You think about that word meet. Come over to Colossians chapter 1. Hold on to Genesis. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Stick something in it. You think about that word, meat, qualified, fit together. He's going to, have you ever bought gloves at a store and you just pick them off because they say large or extra large and you take them home and then you put your hand in them and they're too small because they were made in backwater somewhere and their sizing's different than that big palm? What do you do? You put it on there. Meat, hand in a glove. Meet, come together, together. The perfect fit. That's the idea. That's the wife. The role of the wife, the wife is created to, be, to perfectly fit the needs of her husband. That the wife, the role, the job description is to come up and to perfectly get in there and do the job. Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Notice that verse very carefully. Paul says we are qualified, we are meet, we are suitable to to sit together in that inheritance. How did he do it? On the basis of of Calvary, of the cross, he did it. Verse 13 and 14, on the basis of the cross, he made you fit, perfectly, properly qualified for the inheritance that he has for us and his son. He made you meet. The wife is created to be a helper who is completely qualified, suitable, and a proper fit for her husband. That term, help meet, by the way, is a generic term. It's a job description, it's a role. It's the relationship she's had to have to him. It is not a description of having to go out and search for the perfect soulmate. You've heard that before, I'm sure. I'm looking for the perfect fit for me. Good luck, Charlie. It ain't going to happen. It's her description. She's to be a help meet for her husband. She's the one who properly fit the needs of her husband, and and they begin to function as one. Again, don't go through life looking for that perfect fit because you'll never find it. But rather, it's a term, a generic term that describes the role of the woman in the job of a wife. As a wife, if you've chosen to be a wife, your job description says you are to be a help meet. You're to be a helper. Just as Man is created with a nature to need help, because we need help. My wife dressed me this morning. <laughs> okay, We need help, and you guys know it, so be what? Be the helper. Just as the man is created with a, natu- a, a nature, uh, go back to Genesis 2 there, a, a, a nature to need help, the woman is created with the nature to be the helper. Again, not into a, not, a, not a particular guy, a man, okay? But in that generic way, this is their makeup. When my girls were little, my mom came to town and they went shopping. And my oldest, she's not here so I can tell on her. They, she's a little. I mean, she, she's got to be four or five. just And she goes into the outlet mall. And, you know, when we go into the outlet mall, we just kind of guys go one way, ladies go the other, and we meet in the middle, and, you know, they got way more. But anyway, she's over at the dress rack, found her size, and she's pulling them off, looking at it, going, whoop, pulling off. She must have had 10 on her arm. She's five years old. I'm like, dude, I'm in trouble. She knows how to shop. No, and, and Linda and I are not shoppers like that. She had a by nature shopping uh-huh. gene. <laughs> so she's not that way now because she under, came to understand what the, the value of a dollar means. <laughs> okay. But see, the thing is, is we have this nature and it comes from Adam and Eve, folks. This isn't about looking for the perfect fit. Because, so again, if you do that, you're going to fail. But rather it's, hey, I've chosen... To be in this role of a wife, God's instructions to me here is that I'm to be a helpmeet. That's submitting. That's going underneath the influence and the headship of my my husband. Because God's got things for my husband to do that he's going to need my help in doing. He can't do some things without me there to help him. Because he's now in what? The role of a husband, and there's a job description for the husband. You follow that, guys? If you're single, guess what? You're not in that role. You don't have to worry about that stuff. But the moment you step into that job of a husband, you got some. There's some heavy lifting to do. And you know what you're going to need? Two is better than one. So you need help. So ladies, your job is to come. Wives, sorry, is your job is to come up. And to do what? Be a help. And help. You have the ability to be the perfect fit for Him only, though, when you do it under the Lord. When you do it out of, I gotta do this or else He's gonna be angry, you're doing it wrong. Sorry. Oh, I gotta do this because He said I gotta do this. Wrong sorry that's not in the verses the verses say be submit submit unto your own husbands unto who the lord see follow that a little different thinking i know genesis 2 verse 21 and god call and the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall adam's been out looking there's no help meet for me and you know what god said God caused Adam to uh, cause a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of of the ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman and brought her unto the man. Think about that. What did he do? He took that rib, didn't he? Where's your ribs? I can't find mine too much of the good stuff in the way. It's on your side, isn't it? Come up next to you. Okay? Not behind you. Not in front either. Next to you. Verse 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Whoa, man. whoa, Because she was taken out of man. Think about that. He looks over at her, and she says, where have you been all my life? Not really, okay? <laughs> she sa- He says, she's now what? Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She was from his rib. Think about the, the way, think about how, when God made man, where did he make man out of? Dirt. Dude, you're dirt. But where did he make woman out of? The man. She is not a secondary creation. She is from who? Man. She's been taken from Adam. And yet, what does Adam say? She is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She's designed to be his. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife. I always looked at that. Why does the man leave his father and his mother? Well, it isn't as if the wife doesn't either. okay? But who's to take the headship? Who's to take the leadership now? The man is. The man is to leave his father and his mother. Why does the man leave mom and dad? What's man doing now? What is the man going to do? He's got his woman. Whoa, man, whoa, woman, where have you been all my life? He's got his wife to be. We're talking about marriage. What's what is he going to go do now? He's stepping out of that old identity of mom and dad. And now he's creating a new identity, a new marriage, a new family center. Does mom and dad influence? All day long, (laughs) but they don't belong over here. By the way, as parents, I'm a parent. When my children decide to get married, guess what the hardest thing for a parent not to do? Meddle in that over there. That's theirs. That's new. It's hard not to meddle. But if you've done your job as a father, as a parent, you won't have to meddle. See how the role of that husband just got heavy? Anyway, you think about that. And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. I love that. Leave, cleave, one flesh. The triangle of marriage. Leave. Leave the old identity of the old single life, the old life of mom and dad. Cleave. Stuck on you, baby wallpaper on the wall. Can't get it off. Can't pull it. I'm stuck. And in the one flesh and that's the consummation of the marriage. Back to one. And you know what happens in marriage? You literally go back to the garden scenario of Adam having male and female in one. Ladies, go back to Ephesians 5. I hope you catch that. By we're just getting started. Ephesians 5 there, verse 22. Ladies, you're created, wives I should say, to be adaptable, to be able to fit him. Yet, you know what? You are very diverse. Eve was taken out of Adam now she can grow into what she needs to be to help her husband. What did Adam need help to do? By the way, in Genesis back there, so do the earth. Replenish the earth. It'd be kind of hard to have kids on his own, wouldn't it? He's got to have help doing that. Kind of hard to come in and rule. Adam goes out, toils. Eve stays home in the garden there, tending house. Everybody goes, oh, see, there you go. Put the women in the bed." No, that's her role. When Linda and I got married, I told Linda I wouldn't use us as illustrations. When Linda and I got married, I'm going to do it anyway, she made more money than me. The last day of my work at the bus yard, she made more money than me. You know what I did? Thank God she made more money than me. It was not a hurt to my ego. Some guys got egos. I got to be the breadwinner. Baloney, you got to fit your situation. And as a husband, as a head of the family... Head of the marriage, we made decisions. Notice I said we made decisions that impacted, and you know what one of them was? She's gonna make more money than me because we've got other things to do work of the ministry, raising kids, stuff like that. That's adaptable. The wife role, verse 22, 522. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Ladies, wives, that's your roles, that's your job description. You're to be a helpmeet for him, for your husband. You're to have an attitude of cooperation. And to be an integral part, to work together, to provide what he needs so he can do all the things that God has for him to do. You're a part of that. Without you, he will have needs that are never met. He has to have you. And I'll tell you what, ladies, that's a very high calling. When you begin to understand, we're going to pick up here, time's up for the morning. When you begin to understand your role and your job description, you will leave the yeah buts at home. Actually, they will never enter your home. Because you're beginning to believe and understand what God's word says your role as a wife is. And your husband will make decisions and you'll go, it ain't gonna work. <laughs> As the chuckles around the room are. And you know what'll happen? You're gonna have to let him understand what? It didn't work. And you do it in how and you do it in how it's gonna help him. These verses to me are very clear. Husbands, I'll get on you in a little bit. It's very clear. There's things to do, and we play roles in that. Ladies, I'd encourage you to believe his word. Let his word work in you as a wife. Again, you're not less equal. You're not less value. You have a role to play. And when you play that role, and the husband plays his role, then you got a happy family, and you have joy and peace life when the roles get all jumbled up and the wife takes the lead and the husband trails behind you don't have peace you have chaos not because you're not less valuable but because that's how God had ordained the order to be the value of all of us is in who we are in Christ We've just chosen to play roles in life. And when we do that, God's word says, when you take on that role, here's the deal. And when you take on this role, here's the deal. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a high. That takes a lifetime to do, by the way. And when you're doing that, guess what your wife's naturally going to want to do? submit to you when you ain't doing that she's going to be that thorn in the flesh that you never thought you'd get rid of you do your job she does her job the children will do their job and you know what will happen we'll all be manifesting that spirit filled life okay we'll do wives part two next week all right dear only father we thank you for the morning lord we thank you for the instruction we thank you for the value in the instruction here as it's designed to impact every component of our lives. And all for your honor and all for your glory. Amen.